Okay, I'm really bad at names. I just want to ask because I <laughs> still really can't pronounce Rose correctly, even though I've tried yeah, very say, hard. I don't think you can. <laughs> you got it done. <laughs> Rogelio. People are like, <laughs> like <"All right." laughs> yeah, I can't. I couldn't say that. I'll go with Rose. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is it's Nicole my, my saying. Uh, Nicole saying different words. We'll just have her say different words in her southern accent. It's way thicker than ours. <laughs> It's way, yeah, hers is like country bumpkin. You're, you're with Casey. <laughs> Casey's from Alabama. Yeah, she's country bumpkin, too. She's very to bumpkin. <laughs> We're both bumpkin. <laughs> Couple of bumpkin bitches. That should be a fun fact about Nicole. I speak two languages, English and bumpkin. Oh, my God. English and bumpkin. I'm be like, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, unsubscribe. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Health Unfiltered podcast. It is good to be back with the crew. Hello. Hello. And we have a special guest today. I know. It's been a while, and I'm excited to see everyone's faces. And today we also have Dr. Nora Witten with us. Hey. Happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to have you. Of course. Thanks. I'm excited. I'm going to give you a little intro and tell everyone more about you. Dr. Nora Witten is a physical therapist and owner of Functional Physio and Performance Therapy in Durham, North Carolina. Um, we actually started our businesses around right around the same time. So that's super exciting. Nice. Nora grew up in Illinois and then moved to Durham in 2013 to attend PT school at Duke. And during her time at Duke, she fell in love with Durham and a guy. It's funny how that happens. And decided to make Durham home. So Nora grew up as a competitive gymnast, diver, and then started CrossFit. So starting her career as physical therapist, she's been specializing and working with active adults, specifically CrossFit and functional fitness athletes. Love it. She also specializes in treating pelvic floor dysfunction and working with pregnant and postpartum people who want to continue being physically active and strong during and after pregnancy. I highly recommend following her on Instagram because she shares so much good information on this and I've learned so, so much. And we'll link that up in the show notes for sure. A few fun facts about her. She's left-handed. She prefer lakes over beaches, which I was like shocked by because Mm, I love sand. She hates sand. Are you guys (laughs) beach or lake people? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't want to get in the lake. (laughs) Ah, I'm like, this is, this if, is Maybe if it answer. was like a I, lake out west, I could probably get down with that. You don't trust the eastern, like, murky water lakes? Yo, no. <laughs> you, you come, you come to fine. the Tennessee lakes, and I'm like, never mind. No, we got to go. <laughs> Listen, one time I visited Lake Erie, and that was the worst lake I've ever been to. I was like, this place sucks. Um, but I grew up around Lake Michigan, so I feel like yeah. I would have to say lake. Yeah. I did well, learn well. the trick with baby powder to get the sand off, so that's helped a little bit. What's that? You trick? like pour. So you if it? you have sand on your feet, <laughs> if you you know wherever you have sand, you like pour baby powder on yourself, and, and the then crevices. you can brush it off way easier with a towel. Rose yeah. just like naked on the beach, like pouring baby powder yeah, just, like, all over putting himself. Putting it in my asshole. I'm like, come on, there's. I don't know how we got. Get sand the brush, here, Casey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh god. That's some, that's my OnlyFans content. Well, this is another amazing fun ass. fact though that deserves attention. Once ate 12 scoops of ice cream in one sitting. 
Was this oh. for a competition? Yeah. It, also, it was at a summer. Uh, bowels are fine. I threw most of it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was at a summer camp, and it was just this challenge, and you got your name on the board, and I thought that was worth it. I wanted my name up there. Dang. Have you gone back to check to make sure it's still there? I have not. It's probably there. <laughs> it's how you throw up and they're like, Mm-mm. put it down. Yeah, the, I guess the closest thing to that is we had an ice cream festival here in Albuquerque um, like two years ago. And we had something like 30 different flavors of Bluebell, Bluebell ice cream. And it was great. I was like, I got to try every one. But by the end, I was like, this isn't even fun anymore. I just, I just got to do it. But I didn't get recognition for it. So mm. you win that one. I feel like it's like the hot wing challenges and... It's like you eat the craziest thing just to get your name on a wall. I've never had the guts, literally or figuratively, to do it. (laughs) How many prebiotics do I have to take to not die? That's the only food challenge I think I've ever done. You're probably the only one I will. Let's turn this into a mukbang where we just like eat on on camera and just like... Is that a real thing? Mukbangs? Yeah. They're like... It's like where you watch people eat a ton of food. This, I don't get it. I don't get why anyone would watch it, but it is what it is. Instead, you just get Roe randomly cracking open cans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Amazing. Awesome. Well, we're super excited you're here, Nora, and I can't wait for this conversation. I don't think we've yeah, ever had too. a physical therapist on the podcast before, right? No. Oh, I feel yeah, so honored. You're first. You're the first. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Awesome. So we do on the podcast have a tradition that a lot of us break all the time, but uh, we usually will have an adult beverage or another drink, and we always do a virtual cheers and talk about what we're drinking. So is any are you drinking, Ro? What are you drinking? I am. It's one thirty, baby. So we uh, it's it's early enough, or I guess late enough. Uh, so we had a Halloween party this past weekend, and uh, somebody left this thing called teller it's blueberry lavender it's a lemonade vodka cocktail made here in albuquerque um i haven't tried it uh shout out to zach and jer who brought it um but it looks fun Ooh, it looks pretty it's got vodka on it so it's like a barney get, purple get rowdy mm-hmm. that's why let's see oh no um yeah it's very <laughs> lavendery and very <laughs> vodka is it sweet so, no, I mean it it's tastes like a like vodka plant. Lavender, yeah, yeah, just like a vodka plant. <laughs> Whatever the hell that means. Like lavender, uh, but it's is a good. plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I thought lavender, lavender was a soap. What? It'll calm but... you and get you drunk. It's an herb. <laughs> I know it is. I'm just kidding. Come on. Yeah. So that's what I'm drinking. So shout out to <laughs> 10x Distillery. Oh wait, or whatever this is. I don't know. If Tell anyone's it. gonna get sponsored on this podcast, it's gonna be Roe. Because he's always shouting people out and he's always drinking. <laughs> well, somebody's got to carry the podcast. Yeah, I'm like, someone I'll has to carry it. the brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what about you guys? You guys drink anything? I got a big old bottle of water. <laughs> hate. Hate. <laughs> Fuck, man. We're going to have to coordinate. This Thursday thing in the afternoon is getting rough. going to have to coordinate like a day drinking thing. <laughs> It's 1.30 here, and I'm drinking vodka, all right? <laughs> like. I really, really admire your dedication to the podcast. Mm-hmm. We try. Um, we try. I'm drinking a nice herbal tea. I'm drinking a hibiscus Tulsi 
herbal tea blend, adrenal <laughs> calming. It helps me in the afternoon to get through. And that's what we're cruising with today. Rose, like, dang, I started a podcast with two grannies. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I've got my own Roy. Nice. It's black raspberry. I haven't had that flavor. Is it good? Yeah, I like it. I mean, I like most flavors. I'm not too picky. I'm not a huge fan of, like, the lemon and lime. They're just too plain. Did you just say that? LaCroix is too plain. Isn't that their whole thing? Just the to, lemon just to be and plain. lime. No, the lemon <laughs> and lime is too plain. Ah, right. What are all those memes where it's like, it tastes like there's a blackberry in the other room. <laughs> so that's what LaCroix tastes like. Oh. Amazing. Well, well we're hydrating. Roe's going to have a great time. <laughs> I'm hydrated as hell, yeah. Awesome. So we do have a question of the week we'll tackle before we dive into the podcasting questions. And the question of the week is, what's the perfect post-workout choice for a late night training session? Big old glass of chocolate milk because I'm professional. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm like the worst person to answer this question because you're never going to catch me up past 9 p.m. And... (laughs) um. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would just depend, like, if you haven't, like, have you not eaten dinner in this situation? I really don't know, because I feel like you need to eat a meal, is that right? But then if you're going to go to bed right away, we may just have to, like, rethink this whole training session to begin with. (laughs) That's where my thoughts are going. And it was late, because then I I asked more questions. It was like, I'm not getting home from events until midnight sometimes Mm-mm. um because it was like an adult an adult an adult an adult like an adult. Um, intramurals type situation mm-hmm. and so what i would do in this situation i would recommend is i would go with having your meal and a dinner before you're going and having that late night activity and just give yourself one to two hours to digest versus doing a quick pre-workout snack before. And so then afterwards, I still would fuel, even though it's really late. I just wouldn't do a big meal because that will interfere further with sleep, circadian rhythm, rest and recovery. So I would opt for a carb protein combo. And we're looking for roughly that three to one ratio, four to one ratio of carbs to protein and chocolate milk is the perfect ratio. So those liquid calories would be really light. You could do a shake. You could do food if you were really hungry. Just focus on carbs and protein so it's really quickly digested and that fat and fiber isn't slowing it down is my go-to rec on that one. One of my favorite things for late night is also just like crushing a giant bowl of cereal and then just passing the hell out. Like, let's go. Just ramp up that insulin and just knock me out. <laughs> like, that's a great bedtime that's good. snack. Cereal's, cereal's like an OG. Undefeated. I love cereal. Well, that Fairlife milk has a ton of protein in it. So if you it's use great. that, then it is carbs and protein. Yeah. There or you just go. straight sugar. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Says the Krispy King. I recently Say, yeah. did a presentation <laughs> and I did put Rice Krispies as an example yes! of a pre-workout snack. Bro, oh my god, just for you. culture people. Ro, go, the point a, Kingdom. go put a the point Crispy on the board for yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Row one, Brooke and Nicole is 7,482. Yeah, sweet. He's like, I'm on I the board. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question, though. Amazing. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Today we are going to talk about all things physical therapy. Specifically, I definitely want to hear more about this specialty of working with 
pelvic floor health and PT and athletes and what it looks like, common injuries. So we're going to talk about all the things with Dr. Nora Witten. And I'm excited. And I want to kick it off by asking and, and learning some more about you and how you got into physical therapy. Did you always know this was your calling or how did this become your thing? And how did you end up as a small business owner, which is also pretty cool? So I always knew I wanted to do something with health and fitness. And when I was in high school, I thought that was going to be an athletic trainer. And that's really because I thought working with um, or doing PT was working with old people. And I was like, that's all they do. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want to work with like, athletes and younger people. So that's kind of what I was set on doing. And then once I got into college, I just learned more about what PT actually was and that it was not just old people. Plus, the schedule of an athletic trainer is pretty bad. It's like yeah. nights and weekends. <laughs> and so that's, you know, not really ideal. So that was how I decided, like, okay, I think PT is going to be the right decision for me. And then from there, I kind of always knew I wanted to still be in more of that active realm. So, like, um, for a while, I thought I wanted to work more with, like, kids and, like, youth athletes. But that's not, not my thing either. <laughs> so um, I teach that out while I was in school. And then as far as owning a business, that's actually something that I, I never thought I would do. I remember even being in school and being like, I would never open my own practice. That just doesn't seem fun. It seems like a lot of work and seems really stressful, which it is 100%, both of those things. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but totally worth it. I mean, I love it now. And I kind of actually ended up here because um, I, just, I just sort of knew I needed a change from uh, where I was working previously and it, the timing just worked out well because I was pregnant and so I had just planned on leaving my job after I had my son and then was going to just do something different. So I'd actually gotten a job doing pediatric home health. Um, so this was working with kids like zero to three, so very different. Wow. But then just had some patients ask me like what I was doing and like saying they still wanted to work with me. So because I had this other job, there really wasn't a lot of pressure like to make this my full-time income. So I was like, I guess I can do it. Like I had a space um, in my CrossFit gym that the owner was willing to let me sublease and it just kind of like grew from there. And since January of 2021, I've been doing my business full-time. So cool. Dang. And didn't you just recently That's find great. another space or? Yeah. So on Monday, I'll be treating in my completely own office space um so we have a lot to do this weekend but <laughs> congratulations really nice. yeah congrats that's yeah, awesome thank you that's so great. yeah that's huge that's so exciting yeah so now that you have a physical space how does it work with clients are most of your clients local and in person or do you do virtual how does that work yeah, most people that I see, I see in person. So I have been working out of the CrossFit gym where I had like my own little office and then I could use the gym equipment there. Um, and I actually do have a few virtual clients. And one of them lives out of state and then um, some other ones, it's just was like more convenient or like with COVID, they just, you know, didn't feel like they wanted to come in. So in general, I like treating people in person more. I just think it's easier to like get to know people. But I do like having some virtual because it does make me think in a different way and be a little bit more creative when I can't actually like, get my hands on the patient. So I think it's kind of nice to have a mix and, you know, not do the same thing all day, every day. Yeah, For sure. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
stuff can get real boring. Um, <clears throat> do you mind me asking what you studied in undergrad, like what your uh, degree was in, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a degree in kinesiology, so basically like an exercise science. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. so all the all – because the, I teach like generally underclassmen, and I every time I walk in, I'm like, okay, who wants to – be a fucking PT because all of you guys want to be a PT and it's like always the hands going up and don't get me wrong. I've done physical therapy too many times in my life. I love physical therapists. They do great work. And I was like, well, baby boomers are dying. The market's saturated. Think about doing other things. There's more to the to life than, than just being a PT. And so like one of my main goals when I teach my students is to get them to crush their dreams of being a PT and then like have them do other things so <laughs> but it's great i think because you got to really weed out the people that are like no this is what i want to do and not people are like i don't know i just want to be a pt and it's like all right what's well, a it's a doctoral program so yeah it's good intense. luck that shit is tough yeah yeah you yeah, gotta want that so- oh yeah. for sure for sure <laughs> nicole and i cruised Wild. cruised through um barely on fumes with grad school and rd stuff i couldn't imagine doing doctoral programs it was rough mm-hmm. just doing that. Yeah, I don't think it would have survived. <laughs> we are two fun fact, glasses of wine a night. It was Pinot Noir and Papa John's pizza that, that is, really yep. was the glue <laughs> to holding our sanity together in grad school. It was man, they were like right across the street, Papa John's, and there was one time I went into Kroger and was checking out and. The cashier was like, I know you from somewhere and I'm not, I wasn't from there. So I was like, no, you don't. And she's just like, yeah, I used to work at Papa John's and I would see you all the time. And I'm like, oh my God. Like you literally noticed me from picking up pizza. (laughs) So embarrassing. Oh man. You're famous. You're a local star. You got to do whatever you got to do to get through grad school. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we met Ro, and then our world was complete. <laughs> yeah. Then you're like, this is hell. Yeah. This sucks. <laughs> Amazing. So I first want to talk about the pelvic floor. And I feel like my only exposure to any of this prior to finding you and your Instagram was like, you should do Kegels. That's important. Like, if I'm being honest, that's about like all I knew. (laughs) Um, And I've learned so, so much from your Instagram about like why it's important to have a strong pelvic floor. And I wanted to just go down all the rabbit holes and talk about like, why is this important? What does that even mean? And who can Mm -hmm. benefit from this? So on um, the pelvic floor is going to be the group of muscles that's just attaching basically at the bottom of our pelvis. So those muscles sit in kind of this bowl-like fashion. I wish like I could hold up my pelvis model. Not that people listening could see that, but <laughs> um, it's just such a great visual. So really it's, like I said, just those muscles sitting at the bottom of the pelvis and it, everyone has them. I, they're usually talked about with women's health, but men, anyone has a pelvic floor. And so the muscles are just involved in a lot of things. Um, So our sexual function, being able to um, support our pelvic organs, they help with stability of our pelvis and our spine. They can be involved in like hip, low back pain if they're not working right. They're going to help us stay continent. So we don't want to let our poop and pee out at the wrong time. Muscles are going to help with that. And then they're also involved with our breathing. And that's a really big piece that goes along with our posture and stability and 
So I think that's why it's something that's really important with that aspect of breathing. Um, And Kegels are usually what people talk about, which can be a needed thing if we do have a lot of weakness in those muscles. But really with most of the people I treat, because they're so active, they more need to work on relaxing those muscles. Like you can't just hold your pelvic floor in a Kegel all the time. Like it'd be like walking around, like squeezing your bicep 24-7. Like that doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? <laughs> right? It's like, like a big biceps. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good so, yeah, like I think that's like the really the, the biggest piece that people don't know. Like they just don't really know about the pelvic floor because it's not talked about a lot. Um, and then they don't really know that those muscles actually need to lengthen and relax as well as contract and that they should work with the rest of the body. Like it's not this isolated set of muscles. I had no idea yep. it was connected to breathing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as your diaphragm muscle, which sits right underneath your ribs, is moves down. So when you inhale, that muscle is going to move down. Your pelvic floor muscles are actually going to kind of move down and lengthen at the same time. So it basically, your diaphragm and pelvic floor kind of move together in this coordinated fashion. So if you have a dysfunctional breathing pattern where you're breathing up into like your neck and shoulders or really into your chest, then we're never getting that movement in the pelvic floor. So that can contribute to like either decreased performance just because you're not getting good breath um, or like a lot of neck pain, jaw pain, headaches, like things like that too. I wonder how many people are listening and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm like thinking about it, trying to take a really deep breath, like feel and feel what you're talking about. Uh Uh, Yeah. I, I remember um, I was talking to a friend a long time ago and she said that like, uh, so I, growing up, she like always sucked in her stomach because she, you know, had her own body image issues like most women do at this point. Most people, I guess. Um, but that also was like severely affecting her, obviously her diaphragm, but like her pelvic floor, because all you're doing is like you said, you're flexing the entire time. And so like she was unable to like relax and like really like her like sexual function was also also kind of really messed up because like all of that was so like knotted it up essentially that it was like, yeah, just this sucks. And I was, I was like, that's crazy to, to think about that. It's like, I mean, obviously you can think about it, like if it's near your pelvis, like it is next to your genitalia and stuff, but like how big of a role, if you're too tense, like you're unable to relax and just like enjoy other parts of being a human and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny when you mentioned like, like sexual stuff like i forget the wording you mentioned but it's like yeah that plays a huge role in it if you're always tight in your pelvic floor and your lower abdomen and stuff then how are you how are you gonna enjoy that i guess mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> make that as pg as possible <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing like i talk about a lot with my patients i'm like you need to just let your abs relax like let mm-hmm. your stomach hang out like and i'm like just do it in the car do it in the shower like you know no one's around and um yeah, I think this is definitely hard for I think a lot of people because of everything we see on social media and you know all those. Yeah, influence. especially you spend like thirty years like <gasps> being tight, and then it's like, oh, just relax. And you're like, I am yeah. relaxed. Like, no, no, actually, actually relax. Yeah, and there's actually some really good studies that show connection between. Um, jaw dysfunction and pelvic floor dysfunction so like people who grind their teeth or clench their jaw are usually more likely to have pelvic floor tension as well 
Hmm. Just super nice. kind of, they're just like, you know, holding that stress. Just stressed all the time. I'm okay. It's all when, good. When you're sitting a lot, is that something that could cause too much relaxation from just like sitting too much and not really engaging? Or is that not a thing? It doesn't really matter. No, I don't, I don't think necessarily um, because like your pelvic floor is going to engage when you're walking or running or like whatever exercise you're doing. Um, so I don't think you could really like relax it too much. So that's a good thing, especially for people who sit a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So, so go ahead, I have bro. a question real quick. Sorry. <clears throat> so one of the, uh, one of the first things that, at least at the PR when I'm working with people uh, in person, uh, we work on is just like breathing, right? Because if you can't do that, then it's very difficult to like just do fundamental movements. Um, and so we'll have them lie on their back, you know, think about breathing into the ground and putting like a, one of those loops around their, their knees just to kind of drive it out and just like create tension. Um, what are some of like the first things you do to see if people um, are breathing correctly or if they can work on things so that anyone listening might be able to be like, oh, let me go home and like test that real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing I do is I'm always trying to watch when they walk in and when I'm watching them do other movements, I'll try to kind of sneakily look at things because, you know, a lot of times when you tell people, okay, I'm going to look at your breathing, they might change it. But I do have people take some deep breaths for me and I just kind of look at their chest, um, their ribs, do their ribs move laterally? Do they move up? Does their stomach expand? Do they actually kind of arch through their back? Um, so just kind of looking at that assessment and then from there, you know, usually I'll try to give them some cues and see, you know, if I just tell them, Hey, can you breathe into your belly? Like, are they able to do that? Or, um, you know, then I might have them try that in different positions as well. Okay. So how does this all tie back to pregnancy and postpartum health? So I think the biggest misconception with pregnancy, kind of like you already mentioned, Brooke, is like people just think you need to do Kegels or they're like, oh, I need a strong pelvic floor so I can birth my baby. But your pelvic floor muscles do not push a baby out. Your uterus does. So if your pelvic floor muscles can't just relax and get out of the way, it's going to make it a lot harder to give birth. So that's one thing I'll work on a lot with my pregnant patients is making sure they can relax their pelvic floor. So doing a lot of stretching and breathing. And then in a postpartum period, um, sometimes people do have weakness in their pelvic floor postpartum. So that might be a time that we need to do some Kegels or more strengthening. Um, but it's also a misconception that like, just cause you had a vaginal delivery, like your pelvic floor is like just open and loose. <laughs> like uh, a lot of people can still have tension in their pelvic floor even after a vaginal birth. So I think making sure that you see a pelvic floor PT who can evaluate that is really important because if you already have a lot of tension and you're just doing a bunch of Kegels, like you could make that worse. And so knowing what's the right thing for you to do is always super important. That's so interesting. I always thought it was the opposite. It never even crossed my mind that it's actually more about being able to have the control to relax the pelvic floor and let the uterus and the body do what it needs to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's cool. It's like uh, with pooping, right? You're like, you're supposed to relax and let it, I don't want to say let it slide out, but you know, it's like, (laughs) 
and poop. But if you like sit there and try to force it, then generally it does not work or it's, it feels terrible. So. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, was... pooping is just like giving birth. Don't let anyone tell you any different. <laughs> it is definitely not. <laughs> it's the exact same thing. <laughs> When I was in the hospital having my son, the nurse actually told me that someone like a few rooms down from me had her baby while she was asleep. And, like, oh my your body, gosh. your body pushes the baby out, and I awesome. was like, "Can I have that? Like, how, how does that happen? <laughs> like, this is pretty terrible. Can you put me to sleep?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she just like woke up, and there was a baby. That has to be one of the craziest like birth <laughs> stories I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. What, hey, mom, what was it like? What was it like giving birth to me? I, I don't know. I woke up and you were there. Like, oh. Okay, great. <laughs> Jeez, that's amazing. I do want to talk though about the gut health stuff because you posted a lot of really interesting stuff that I loved about gut health from a different perspective of PT. I talk about it all the time with nutrition, but we don't really think about the things to align our body to make that easier and to set up your body. So, do you have any? like tips or tricks for someone who might be – most people I feel like are struggling with um, the extremes of, like, constipation. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what would be your – some good advice there, I guess, of actionable stuff we could do? Yeah. So definitely using the squatty potty. That's something yes. I recommend to, like, pretty much all my patients because your posture when you're on the toilet is super important whether you're peeing or pooping. And so in that more squat position, your pelvic floor muscles can actually relax a little bit better. Um, and even if we're just peeing, like we still want our pelvic floor muscles to relax and then leaning forward a little bit and just being comfortable. So that may look a little bit different for everyone, but if you're not comfortable, it's going to be hard to relax. And then I probably don't do a good job of this myself, but I try to tell people to leave their phone outside the bathroom so you're not distracted. And you can, again, you know, just relax a little bit more. And then I will sometimes go over even breathing techniques. So some people don't actually know how to bear down properly. So they might try to bear down to have a bowel movement, but actually they're doing a Kegel and engaging their pelvic floor. So working on them... Uh, or working on helping them know how to do that correctly can be really helpful too. And then other things like um, abdominal massage, especially if we're dealing with constipation, that can be really helpful. So I can oftentimes do that on patients when they come to see me and I'll teach them how to do that on themselves. And really the easiest one I think to do is if you start on by your right hip and then just make small circles and kind of work up and over along where your large intestine is tracking, that can be really helpful and help relieve some of that like bloating or um, constipation feeling that they may have. Hmm. It's like with babies, right? With babies, don't you like take their legs and like, yeah, I don't want to say like fold them in like, half, but like, like the bicycles like, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, we're just all big babies. <laughs> just <laughs> massage yourself a little bit or get to rolling a bit. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I mean, I will talk to them about diet. Obviously, that's not my area of expertise, but, you know, we know the basics. And I think a lot of times patients just haven't ever been told these things or they've never had a doctor like tell them like to try cutting out dairy or try cutting out gluten. And of course, like there can be much more, you know, involved in that. And I love referring patients to people who know more than I do. But like 
I don't know. It's just crazy how much people will be like, wow, no, no one's like ever suggested that to me. And I'm like, hmm. Like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> just all, hmm, okay. <laughs> I feel like bowel movements are one of the biggest indicators of health in general. And when we worked in the hospital setting, that would be one of the first things we would always ask is like, when was mm-hmm. your last bowel movement? Because it's, that's, everyone wants these fancy hundreds of dollars detox tea. And it's like, are you pooping every day? Because you're good to go. If you're pooping one to three times a day, that's that's right. what your body's doing. Yeah. 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 I actually just like updated my intake forms to ask a little bit more about bowel movements. And um, I ask about a lot of stuff like stress and sleep and all of that. And so I added a little note at the top of like, I know these questions may seem kind of weird, but they're very important for us to know. Oh, yeah. And I would, I feel like a lot of people struggle with it. And until you start asking questions, they don't just volunteer the information. And so it's like, we're going to get really comfortable and get to know each other really well. And we're going to talk about poop. And um, almost every single person, once you start asking questions, there is something that can be improved upon. And it's like, oh, like this is your normal. It doesn't have to be. It can, we can improve Mm -hmm. it. It can feel better. So that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. It's a part of your process now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's like, People don't usually just say that stuff on their own. And so it's kind of cool when you start asking questions how much people will start to tell you. And they think it's not important. But then when you kind of can tell them how this can relate to it or that we can work on it, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's so cool. You know, <laughs> like no one's ever really yeah. like helped me with this before. I love it. Are you guys team Squatty Potty too, Nicole and Ro? Do you guys have one? I'm obsessed with mine. I've, I've never my had issues pooping. My sister just got so. one, but I've no. never used one. Oh, my gosh. You got to yeah. get it. Even if you don't have issues, right? Like, it's just helpful for the positioning. Well, right. The thing is, like, when I when I sit down to poop, I always put a barbell on my back. So it's like I'm already, like, in a perfect <laughs> position. So I, oh there's God. one in my bathroom right now. Yeah. Anyone that's been in it can attest to it. Yeah. It's, it's how I get my legs so big. Body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, that could be your next That's invention, Ro. Bearing down. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That's how you become Do a you billionaire. you shit eight times a day? <laughs> put some load on your back. Yeah. That's, you always got to train. Always got to train. Uh, no, obviously, I don't have a squatty potty. Well, I know <laughs> what I'm getting y'all for Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Okay. That's settled. Big ass thing in the mail. What do yeah, I like, What is this? I actually was at a, like, Christmas exchange a couple years ago, and that was one of the gifts was a squatty potty. <laughs> Did you nice. did you gun for it? We were like, I need this. No, I, I need didn't. to get this right now. I probably mm. went for like some self care things. <laughs> <laughs> Try to stay on. What's more self caring than being able to poop regularly? I, mean, I will yeah, say, I'll start love- using a squatty potty if they start to uh, start sponsoring the podcast. Mm. I'm a whore, guys. I'll do anything as long as you pay me. So <laughs> it's fine. I don't know if that makes you a whore, but <laughs> oh my sorry. Gosh. <laughs> so I want to transition a bit and you have a lot of personal experience growing up as an athlete and now working with them what are the most common athletic injuries you see and my other question too is like are most of the things you see preventable or would you say that it's kind of inevitable that if you're training a lot you're going to see some type of imbalances and in injury mm-hmm. yeah I mean outside of the pelvic floor stuff I see a lot of low back pain and then probably hip pain, hip and shoulder would be the next most common. And 
I mean, it's honestly so hard to say if this stuff is preventable because <laughs> there's so much that goes into injuries, especially overuse injuries. So if you're really stressed or you haven't been sleeping well or you're overtraining, like all of those things can compound. And, you know, certainly if we're working on movement mechanics and, you know, if you have any like crazy flexibility or strength limitations, like working on those can certainly help. But just the more that I've been practicing since I graduated, it's just very clear that it's never one thing. And I think sometimes that can be frustrating to patients because they'll be like, well, what could I have done to prevent this? And I'm like, well, you could have slept eight hours every night for the last year and like <laughs> not been stressed or like, you know, like, and it's just like, you, you just can't. Um, so I think there's definitely things we can do to mitigate it. Like, you know, physically, like I said, working on any imbalances that you know you have, but then also like just sleep and nutrition and all of that stuff plays a huge role too. I think that that's important to like reiterate the stress and the sleep really matters. And if you're under a lot of stress and you're not getting sleep, maybe the training needs to change. I mean, you and Ro mm-hmm. would have a much better recommendation than that. But to me, that's like a big correlation that sticks out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I think, you know, working out or exercising is important to manage the stress too. But like if you just had a terrible night of sleep and you don't feel good, like just go to the gym to move or you know, use less weight. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent every day. And I think that's where people do like find that like, you know, they'll do that deadlift that tweaks their back or, you know, it's a lot of heavy overhead stuff. And it's just like too much after like the week they just had. So just trying to like keep that in mind too, I think is really important. Yeah. I mean, my biggest gains have come from the past couple of years of being like, Hey, I don't feel great. So I'm going to, you know, manage my load or decrease my intensity or, you know, play with the variables that you're supposed to play with instead Mm -hmm. of being like, all right, it's bomb 600 milligrams of caffeine and just like really warm up and just go for it. And then like, but it's like the training session after that and after that and after that and after that. And eventually like something breaks and you're like, how could this have happened to me? Like, well, I get you gave yourself six chances and each time you were like, fuck it, I'm good to go. So, yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. Like you said, it's like being able to look back and be like, oh, it's not that I messed up one thing. It's that I consistently showed up and did way more than I needed to do. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. you don't learn that until like you need a back surgery or something like just how he's it not speaking from experience yeah i'm not speaking from experience at all it didn't take me having to relearn how to walk to be like okay yeah i should be smarter about this. it's like oh i'm a human that's right yeah i think something else that like is really important to point out um about that and pain is that like pain is also a very kind of emotional thing too so if we're yeah. already really worked up something that normally wouldn't bother us may bother us and you know, I've had this happen with patients where they're like, you know, I was doing something super light, like really light squats or really light deadlifts. And I had this tweak and it, you know, hurt really bad. And I was like, well, have you been stressed about something else? And, you know, they start telling me all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, your nervous system is already heightened. So, you know, I can't remember who said this, but they compared it to like, if you have kids and you're having a really bad day and they spill something, like you're probably going to get really upset about it. <laughs> but if it's you've had a great day and you're really relaxed and they spill something, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's okay. Let's just clean it up. Like that's fine. And so it's the same way with pain. Like, you know, it can be interpreted differently on different days. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast. I definitely talked to uh, Brooke and Nicole about it. But um, when I was deep into my <laughs> stress for comps, I was like, I took a bite into whatever I was eating and I ended up biting the fork. And I have now I have like a chip on my tooth. It's very small. It's not noticeable. But when it happened, I was like, fuck, fuck. I was like walking around just punching the shit out of everything and just being like, this is the worst day of my life. This is terrible. And I was like, my smile is ruined. This sucks. Da, da, da. And I mean, I was going off. And Casey, my girlfriend was like, um, what's actually wrong? Because like this shouldn't be that big of a deal. And I was like, what do you mean what's actually wrong? My perfect smile is broken now. All right. And she was like, what's actually wrong? And I was like, I'm so fucking stressed. My workouts have sucked. Blah, blah, blah. So it was just a bunch of shit, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I mean, if, if it had been anything else, like if I decided to work out that day and was like, oh, no, my bench didn't go as well as I wanted it to, I would have been very upset at that, you know, and it I probably would have tried to push and then like hurt myself and then been more upset about that. So um, I think it's great that you bring up that stress and other things affect your nervous system because uh, uh, Brooke just posted about this too, like how stress can mess up a lot of things. And it's like, it's all stimulus. Like the nervous system is only there to sense input and then give you an output. And if you're like hypersensitized and there's so much uh, input going into you and so much stimulus, like you're going to burn out, whether that shows up in a physical manis- f- manifestation or like a mental one, like it's going to show up somewhere. So I think it's great that you talked about that and obviously talked to your client about that instead of just being like, oh, your arm seems to work fine. Like you're good. I always have clients rate biomarkers and I had someone be like, I don't need that lifestyle stuff. I just need the nutrition. And I'm like, oh boy, we have a lot to learn here. It's the same thing. (laughs) Like it's all connected. It's all connected. And I think the balance I would say that maybe is the hardest is like building the mind-body connection of, okay, I haven't been sleeping great. I'm really stressed. Things are a little heightened. And knowing when that's a really real thing you need to listen to and then like when to power through. I would argue that like this idea of we overpower through as a culture in general. Like, let's work ourselves yes. to death. Let's do lift all the things. Um, th- culture, that would be like baby. the bigger. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so knowing, like, hey, listen to that voice and listen to your body and what it's telling you. Scale accordingly, but don't let it also be an excuse. Like, are you giving yourself grace or are you just making excuses for not doing certain things? That would be to me the hardest balance. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. I do have a question going back to, um, I guess, like uh, athletes and in injuries. Um, so the what what I've been really trying to push to my clients lately is like the basics work, right? Like you don't have to be fancy. Uh, you these are all skills, and like the more time you spend doing a, a movement, the more efficient you become, the better it gets. Whatever. And I was wondering, like. Your, your thoughts or like how you go about talking to someone if you do on like hey there's no need for you to be doing like and not to call it crossfit but like crossfit are like crazy things that like you don't need to be doing and you just need to be focusing on like <laughs> moving well as a person uh, especially because most of us like sit all day um, most of us don't do exercise in general so then it's like oh i'm gonna go do exercise and then you get hurt like what's the process or can you like speak to the process of like that you and your clients might have or, you know, uh, in, in that context? Yeah. I don't know if that made any sense, but. 
Yeah, no, it did. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, you, you don't always need, like, these, like, super fancy exercises. Um, and I think it's really being, like, consistent over time, too. So, you know, people want that one exercise or one treatment that's just going to fix them. And it just doesn't work that way. And I, I feel like I get asked all the time, like, well, should I do yoga? Like, if I did more yoga, would this not have happened? And I'm like, well, one, like, do you want to do yoga? Do you like sure, yoga? Yes. Because I don't like it. So, like, you know, even though I know yes. it's probably good. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> but, and I'm so, all for and, it. and sometimes they're like, no, like, I really don't want to go to yoga class. And I'm like, okay, no. So, like, throw that idea. And then sometimes people will be like, yeah, I really do like yoga. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, yes, you can go, but you're going to have to go consistently to see a benefit. So, I think it's just really getting that idea in, and, you know, I try to make my home programs very realistic for clients. I know they don't have 30 minutes to an hour to spend on PT exercises. So I'm like, hey, if you can do 10 to 15 minutes, four to five times a week, that's a really good place to be. And just try to build that into your warm up. You know, if you can come a few minutes before class starts or, you know, when we're doing the class warm up, if you need to sub out one of the exercises for your exercise, like, you know, just build it in. And so I think that's kind of where people struggle the most is like feeling like they have to do all of this stuff or like fancy stuff and it's not it's really that being consistent over time um and you know if i like my clients to be honest with me so i'm like hey if if you really can't commit to four days a week for 10 minutes then let's find one exercise that you can do like two or three times a week and that's just what you're gonna do so i think that's that's usually what it looks like. Hopefully that kind of answered your question. No, yeah, definitely. Because it's like, it's like they're simple conversations, right? And you have to be like, hey, just be consistent. People are like, no. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you then, you know? Um, but yeah, so I just, I thought it was, uh, it's good to get like, not not just like sit in my own echo chamber, right? Because I'm like, yeah, of course I agree with that. But, you know, like in a real setting, like working with, a real professional not that we're not professionals but like someone that's like hey this is important it's not just like what these three speak on their podcast and other people on their instagrams and whatever but like it is a conversation that we need to have and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah and i think yeah, that's I'll what even... makes oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say because there's some clients who really need that accountability too i've set reminders on my phone to text them to make sure <laughs> that they sure. do, that's they do awesome. what what they need to do. I think that's what makes a good support system is what I was going to say is that you're communicating and you're like, okay, if we can't make the optimal, how can we adjust for you? And like, how can we make this fit your life? So it's something that's easier for you. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. There's no point in giving all these exercises if they're not going to do them. So yeah, (laughs) for sure. That's everywhere. So what are you, what do you have going on Upcoming, I guess we're wrapping up the final home stretch of 2021. I'm like losing track of time these days. Yeah, but it's November. You know? It's really weird. I'm like, I don't know. It's 2020 continued. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. what are you working on in your business, and what do you have going on that you're excited about? Yeah. 
Well, like I mentioned at the beginning, I'm moving to my own location. So I'm super, super excited for that. Um, my CrossFit gym has been an amazing place to start, but I'm just excited to have my own space and you know, more of my own vibe, uh, be in charge of the music. That's a big yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm just really excited for that. And I'm actually bringing on another physical therapist. And so I'm excited um, for them to be on board and I'll also have someone full time in the office. So it's just going to be just this better patient experience, I think. And um, I'm just really looking forward. Well, I think it's already like this, but I'm just looking forward to functional physio being a place where patients are just so excited to come and that's super welcoming. And we also are probably going to start some different classes. Um, so we can be on the lookout for those. I, even though I don't do yoga myself, my new, um, office manager is very into yoga. And so I thought it'd be great to have a yoga for CrossFitters class considering how much I get asked about it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, something maybe along the lines of that. I know my PT, um, wants to do kind of a kettlebell or strength class. So I think it's going to be really cool that we have, um, obviously our one-on-one physical therapy, but then some other options as well. That's so exciting. Yeah, super. Having your own space is next level because you're like, oh, this is mine. <laughs> I can do whatever I want with it. Where mm-hmm. in Durham are you going to be? Um, so do you know that really tall building on 15501? A lot of people call it the pickle building. The pickle. It's like I'm uh, the pickle building. Like <laughs> kind of where, kind of where like um. Sam's and Target is. Yep. And there's a bunch of stuff there. So it's kind of behind that pickle building over in that University area. Tower? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yep. That's what it is. I know so much off the top of my head. Did it really yeah. come I'm... up when you Googled pickle building? Yeah. Yeah. I was wow. like, it, <laughs> yeah, it, Googled it. <laughs> it said, it said, uh, there's a place in London and then it says University Tower, Durham, North Carolina. And so I clicked it. Yep. That's it. But yeah. So I'm not in the pickle building. Just next to the pickle building. She's like, I am the pickle. <laughs> That's, That's so cool. cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Why is it called the pickle yeah. building? Yeah, Brooke, you'll have to come by like once it's all put together. Yeah. And I don't really, I don't do CrossFit anymore, but I do a lot of barbell work and strength training and I would be down to try to get back into yoga. I've, to I try. feel like I, I'm not consistent with that at all. I need to do what you suggested and shorten the committed practice time and I would probably be mm-hmm. more consistent. With yeah. some type of routine, yeah, or just don't do yoga, but you know, whatever. Because you already you think I about feel like it. You're you very up, anti-yoga. I'm so anti-yoga. Yeah, for myriad of reasons. Like I, the mental aspect, awesome, good for you, whatever. But like, <laughs> I even think about like hyperplasticity of like the muscles, and I don't want to get into that. It's not the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could but, do a uh, whole podcast on like hyperflexibility. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like also like, oh, why are you training for these positions that like don't exist in real life? But it's fine. We're not going to get into it. I love all my yogis. Um, but fuck, I was going to say something and I forgot that the yogi hating train took my thought way away. So I don't know. You already go saying. after runners, yogis, vegans. No, you know, runners make, make sense to me, right? Humans are like, they were built to run. I just don't like cardio, but like humans weren't like built to do yoga and like whatever, but <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> Rate us five stars, yogis. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. What's the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you if they have questions or they want to schedule a consult or anything like that? Yeah. So 
Um, they can go to my website, which is functionalphysiopt.com. Um, they can email me, so Nora at functionalphysiopt, and also find me on Instagram, which is just at functionalphysio. Nice. Nora, real quick, uh, especially because you said you do have some clients online, what is that? What does that like process look like? Because, um, you know, like obviously Brooke and Nicole like deal with nutrition so I know what that kind of looks like and I deal with strength and conditioning so I, I know what that looks like but I don't know how mm -hmm. different it is with like working with a physical therapist if it is any different but mm -hmm. if you could speak to that it'd be awesome like you mean virtually yeah like that yeah. and then like how do you like onboard someone and then yeah how does working with someone virtually work yeah so um, typically with most patients, we'll do a discovery call beforehand. So if they reach out, I'll usually chat with them on the phone just to hear what's going on, you know, make sure they're going to be a good fit. And then if it is, we'll get them scheduled. So onboarding is pretty easy. We have a patient portal. So all my paperwork is just in their account. And then if we're going to do a virtual appointment, you know, there's really um, nothing that's too different. We just have to make sure that they have either a phone or computer that they can move around so I can see them at different angles and then space in their house or gym, wherever they're doing it. And it pretty much looks like my typical evaluation minus kind of the hands-on stuff. Um, I probably make them get in a bunch of more different positions so I can like <laughs> assess their range of motion sure. <laughs> just by looking. Um but yeah, and then from there, I mean, it's, you know, pretty similar as far as like what we're working on, you know, doing a lot of talking about lifestyle, um, but also getting them moving and taking them through exercises and keeping them accountable. I know Nicole did a virtual PT during COVID and she loved it. She oh, really? like, yeah, she, it was a really good experience and it helped her a lot. And I was like, that's so cool. You can just do it in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't do things in my home. <laughs> so I'm like, nah, I'll lay on the couch. It's fine. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk with the yeah, crazy thank crew. So thank you for, for being here <laughs> yeah. and sharing your knowledge. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Nicole did have to pop off, but she did say bye. And she, <laughs> she waved she the listeners. She did say she did say goodbye. But <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, and we're going to link up all of your information in the show notes for anyone highly recommend following on instagram and there's a lot of really really good information i've learned so much i love it we are also all accepting clients i think you are too dr nora witten correct mm -hmm. yep. yes perfect she's accepting clients ro and nicole <laughs> and i are also all accepting clients it's like one-stop shop for all things health who do you need what do you need <laughs> yeah. ro is our Master of all things exercise and performance, and he does amazing online virtual training. I had a ton of fun doing his programming. Um, also today, Ro is dropping the amazing cotton candy tie-dye outfit, and you need to head <laughs> over to Instagram to see that because you should definitely Great. order yourself a set as a holiday treat. Uh, I had a lot of fun of uh, fun making it. So go <laughs> check good. it out. Just just the pictures. Like go go to Ro's Instagram. I highly oh, recommend. Jesus. Nicole is our intuitive eating and health at every size dietitian. I do sports nutrition and functional nutrition. My specialty is lab testing with gut health and hormonal health and all those fun things. So please follow us at Health Unfiltered Pod on IG and keep those awesome questions of the week coming. And don't forget to review us only if you have nice things to say. That's my rule, not Rose. Rose wants I'm to all, hear all the hate. Uh, send mean things. I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> but we appreciate all the support and the follows and subscribes mean the world. They do.
I do. All right. On that note, Ro, you want to take us out? Yes, baby. Let's do it. Play that music. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>